Welcome back to Fenway Park here in Boston. Mike Macknick, John Leahy with you. No score. Merrimack and Providence, they've adjusted the shots now 11-9. Warriors after one period. Joe Britannia joins us. He's the commissioner of Hockey East. And, uh, Joe, a pretty entertaining first period. I guess you don't always know what you're going to get in a game like this with the uh, the conditions, as it were, especially how cold it is out there. But, uh, you know, some good chances for both clubs in the first period, but no score. Yeah, I think so. And, and as you mentioned, uh, listen to the last few minutes of the period, there was a little bit of a shift with the, the Warriors taking over the play after Providence uh, pretty much had the first 10 minutes or so on their side. But, you know, I gotta, I've got to tip my hat to the ice crew. Uh, these are always challenges, but when you have a blizzard like we had uh, 48 hours ago, it's amazing. They were up from about midnight to 8 a.m. Uh, on Friday morning uh, shoveling. I mean, they really had to shovel by hand uh, because the, the, it was so cold. Uh, there were times they couldn't put the Zamboni on the ice for fear of cracking the ice, so they did it the old-fashioned way with shovels and then flooding it. And... Um, they worked on it all night last night, and we canceled team practices this morning just to make sure because of all the decisions you have to make, the the integrity of the ice and how the game is going to turn out is, is the number one. So these people are terrific, and, uh, and, and, I, and I actually I spoke to all the teams yesterday and said if you get a chance to thank the guys, uh, they've really put the time in for you. There is so much that goes into having an event like this, and you know we were talking with a member of the rink personnel down there before the game, and he mentioned how well they actually had to warm up the ice, as it were, uh, between yesterday and today. I guess I w- wouldn't have thought that that would be something you want to do. I guess in a hockey rink is make the ice warmer, but that was the case. Yeah, I think they learn every time they do it. So the first year um, we had snow for our BCBU game, which was the first one in 2010. But when they were actually making the ice, it was so cold. They, I remember a guy saying, you know, the the water is not adhering to the pan, and he referred to the pan as the base, I guess, where the water goes down. So in 2012, they went out and invested to have uh, a way to, to, to blow heat under it. Well, in our doubleheader, we had 55 degrees, so we didn't have to worry about it that day, but there were some other games where, and if the people want to know how can it be too cold, it, it gets very brittle. So if somebody does a really hard turn and pushes off, you might see a chunk of ice go out the size of a puck. And um, I was on the ice last night with a group of friends, and it, it, it was, uh, and one, the other thing they said, when they pour water down, it freezes from the top. The, the air temperature is so cold that instead of freezing from where the water is hitting the base, it's freezing from the top, and you, and you end up getting a layer between the ice and the base. That's why when they step on it, it, it cracks. So they were pretty happy this morning that the time they had from about 10 o'clock uh, until 2 o'clock today, 10 o'clock last night, um, that the, the general condition was good. There are still patches, and as we're standing here, we're seeing what they do is they, they put slush in, they use CO2 to instantly freeze it, and, and they, they try to time as best as possible those patches during the TV timeouts so it doesn't uh, lengthen the, the period. The other thing they're doing is, you know, we wanted to give every team their normal 15 minutes in the locker room between periods, but we had to account for the two-plus minutes it takes for them to walk from the ice to the clubhouse or the, or the batting cage as some of the schools are using. So the intermissions are going to be closer to 20 or 21 minutes rather than 15 so that the, it accomplishes two things. It allows the coach to have the same amount of time with their players and gives the ring crew an extra few minutes to get the ice ready for the next period. We're talking with Joe Bertani, the commissioner of Hockey East. No score here in the first period. Merrimack and Providence here at Fenway Park. Of course, BC and Notre Dame will play later, and next week you've got another doubleheader. Uh, BU will play Maine. Lowell will play Northeastern. And uh, I guess at that point, everybody in the league will have played it. The current teams in the league, you got a new yeah. new team coming in next year in UConn, and I imagine they'd like to play if this event happens again in another year or two. Uh, think it'll happen again? You know, I, I talked to Sam Kennedy. I think neither one of us wanted to bring it up until we got through <laughs> this one. But um, 
you know, I think at some point, uh, as they say, you're going to jump the shark. You're going to go a little bit too too far, and, and you get accused of being greedy. I mean, I watched the faces of the Merrimack players coming off after practice yesterday, and they had a ball. And you know, our good friend John Jocko Conley from the Herald, who can be a little bit of a curmudgeon, you know, I said to Jocko, what do you, you know, "This is people want to know why do you keep doing it? I said, Look at these guys; they're so happy. Look at the coverage we're getting for our sport." He goes, ah, I, "I'm tired of it." You know, I said, "Well, then don't come if you don't want to come." But I think wait till this is over and ask the team what they thought of having the opportunity. And I heard the I heard the joy in your voices, uh, both you and John, just watching it and being here. It's it's terrific for the sport. I mean, we've got that look up line that people are going to talk about, or whether or not we should implement something like that to give people a heads up that the boards are approaching like a warning track. I mean, it's, it, you get so many eyes watching an event like this beyond the, the typical, you know, the guys that we see every Friday and Saturday night at, at the games that you're at or, I'm, or that I attend. This is a spectacle. I think the ballpark is part of the, the star, not just the game. And so I think it's a great celebration of our sport. And, and you know, if we think we can still do it and sustain the financial part of it, because the Red Sox are out a good million dollars plus to start. I mean, they, I'm sure they get it back, but they're, they're building the rinks about $750,000. They resawed the field at about $300,000. This time around, they had about they'll have about a $100,000 snow removal bill. So it's not cheap to put them on. And I know there are critics and cynics out there that say, ah, oh, it's all about the money. Well, if you want to do this, you've got to you've got to raise some money to make sure you can cover it, and 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 also it taxes the staff here that normally have this time off. You know, the first time that this was held uh, four years ago, of course, you had the Winter Classic. It was right after the Winter Classic. You had BU and BC drew 38,000. And then uh, two years ago, another doubleheader uh, involving some of the teams that draw the best around the league right. in UNH and Maine, another 38,000, and another, I think, 29 when Northeastern played BC the following weekend. I mean, it's it's probably unrealistic to expect that every time. But I'm just wondering what – I mean – I'm sure you guys have an idea of, you know, we basically need to draw this in order right. to keep this, this event going. And it's not just this game or, or these games today or the games next week. It's, it's everything, right? I mean, the high school games, and it's really become an event that has, has, has uh, transcended just the, the, the college game or the pro game or whatever it is. You're trying to get everybody involved. Yeah, the number of the, the thousands of people who will enjoy this between the, the, the fans coming to see the two marquee weekends, which are our games. I mean, our games are really the financial engine that allow the Red Sox to do it. And that allows the Babson. Norwich game and the Trinity Williams game and the uh, prep school games next Wednesday and, and everything else that's happened. And they had 5,000 here for Bentley Holy Cross. So it, it, it's a partnership at the first level between the Red Sox and Hockeys because if they don't have our games to make money, uh, the rink doesn't go in. Um, you know, there's always a possibility that another Winter Classic, as is, is most people know, the NHL has, has expanded. They've got five games, you know, following last Wednesday's uh, Winter Classic. And one of these years, it might come back to Boston. If, if that happens again, it's certainly a no-brainer for the Red Sox because then they don't have to bear the cost of building the rink. Um, I just want to make sure that if we're part of it, we never get to the point that people don't turn out and it doesn't look like a success. We, we have fairly high standards of what we like to, uh, to be part of. And as you said, all of our th- this time around when we when we agreed with the Red Sox that BC Notre Dame would be that kind of financial base to start from, our position was we'll deliver that game as long as we can get Merrimack, Providence, and Lowell on because my goal was to make sure everybody had a chance. And the Red Sox didn't offer any opposition. They, they were on to it. And um, as you said, UConn would be the one that would be uh, odd man out. So we'll see. I mean, we're going to have about 30,000 tickets sold for today. Um, I think as of mid-afternoon yesterday, it was 292 and uh, hopefully we get that 800 to, to make up to 30. And I think next week we're already over 23. So we're going to have over 50,000 people uh, see the two weekends, and I'd, I'd call that still successful. What's well, a unique partnership, too, that you guys have with 
the Red Sox and with Fenway. I mean, I don't think any of the other leagues really have had that type of situation where now for for the last five years or so, every two years, you've had an event like this that is, you've been able to put on uh, in conjunction with the Red Sox, and they have been so interested in doing it that, it, it like I said, it, I mean, is it something that, that sets your league apart, you think, in relation to other leagues in the country and something where kids who are looking to play can say, hey, look, i good got a pretty good chance I'm going to get to play an outdoor game at Fenway Park. Yeah, I think it is unique that the conference and the facility have this partnership. I think there are plenty of other places that have done games, but it's more, you know, Building A and Team X, you know, and they kind of work it out. But uh, it starts with Sam Kennedy, who's a, a hockey fan and a, and a hockey player, an adult hockey player. He played at Brookline High School for Ron DiVincenzo, who was a former BU player. And and Sam's the one that has to bring it to Larry Lucchino and John Henry and Tom Werner to, to make it a sellable idea. And he comes out. We, we had a game here last night. Eight, between 845 and 945 and Sam was up playing and, um, and but he is a delight and I, and I never want to take that for granted uh, both Sam at the at the top end and Fred Olson who's kind of we call him a frozen Freddy uh, <laughs> every every problem falls to Fred and this could be a much different dynamic for us if we had people uh, that weren't like those guys they, they are even tempered they're cooperative they, they look for ways to get out of problems and find solutions and that's not always the case when you're dealing with large organizations uh, but there's a reason that Sam's been very successful as a young executive at 40 years old whatever and we, we woke up the other morning to the news that Notre Dame's uh, commercial flight got canceled on Thursday, and I had a you know minor panic that you know you can put out a lot of brush fires, but if one of your four teams doesn't show up, then you're going to problem. And so they they got a charter, and then they couldn't find a crew, and then they got another charter, and then it turned out that the Red Sox and uh, Notre Dame both had connections with the Chicago Blackhawks, and they got the Blackhawks charter company to uh, fly them out, and they landed yesterday just in time to get in here and have their uh, late afternoon practice. So it was a little touch and go for a while there. Uh, during the blizzard, I'm trying to shovel out my own house with my kids doing all the work while I'm manning the phones, hoping we can get the Irish out here, and everything worked out well. You mentioned you played last night. First of all, how cold is it and down there, or how cold was it last night? And, and uh, you know, give us your thoughts on playing out there on the ice surface here at Fenway. Well, you know, I, I've done this three times now, and, I, and we've had a, a chance to play. Last night was cold, but I think with all the attention ahead of time, um, you know, warning us how cold, everybody had hoodies on underneath their hockey equipment, and, and, and just the, the sure delight. Talk about the 21-year-old uh, Merrimack players. I had a 72-year-old guy out there last night who was Ron Mason's roommate at St. Lawrence, who was a hockey buddy of mine, and I had family members and high school teammates and college teammates, and, and we all become children when we get out there. One of the things that is different, and I think I heard um, on the TV broadcast, uh, Tom Karen asking uh, Craig Janney is a depth perception issue because of the rink being so far away from the walls, so to speak, the fans and Jack Parker mentioned this in 2010 that there was something about gauging depth of cross rink passes being affected by how much open, you know, your listeners can't Maybe, maybe they can't picture this, but there's so much open space on either side of the straightaways, more or less. You know, the, the ends of the rinks are closer to the stands. But that's an effect that, you know, everybody knows the lights are going to be different and the, the ice might be a little bit compromised. But that element of depth perception was something that wasn't readily apparent to people until they get out there. And they, have, they actually struggle to explain why it's different, why it feels different. 
Talking with Joe Britannia, he's the Commissioner of Hockey East. No score here, Merrimack and Providence. It is Frozen Fenway. And uh, so obviously the marquee game taking place later tonight, Boston College and Notre I don't Dame. I that. I mean, I can't say that. I know what you're saying, <laughs> well, but I wouldn't get caught dead saying that. Oh. Well, uh, and, and then the game's coming up next week. Um, you know, as you said, I mean, I, I guess really overall the two doubleheaders are the marquee events of yeah, the right. of, this, of this of uh, this of this Frozen Fenway here this this season. But uh, uh, you know, does does it lead? I guess you know. As, as the commissioner, does it lead the league to look for other ways in, in which you know to do things, maybe other kinds of special events, uh, tournaments, or things like that 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 might somehow uh, you know you know continue to, to bring attention to the league, as it were. Yeah, I think when when you mention hockey east and where we are, kind of in the in the pyramid in the, of the sport, I think other leagues are interested as well. They all we all have the same. Uh, kind of charge to go out and do things differently, whether it's for exposure or for revenue or whatever. And, you know, we did uh, have this Big Ten Hockey East Challenge, which wasn't a specific event, but we, we, we took games already scheduled and structured it with some points and a trophy and things like that. I know the, uh, the NCHC has, uh, when their previous uh, commissioner, Jim Shearer, who left uh, before they started play, when he was the commissioner, he he had some idea of having a tournament in Las Vegas, and uh, I've never been to Las Vegas, and I don't associate it with hockey that much, but but I think there is this feeling in every. Well, there was a team there. Yeah, there was yeah. a minor league team, and uh, I don't know if they guys lost all their paychecks for going to the casinos or what, but but there there is that discussion between leagues about let's do some events, special events, and even Sam and I briefly were talking about you know maybe we should think outside the box. Is there another way to keep the outside concept going, but not just rolling out every two years, you know, pick the next four teams, or in this case, eight teams. I, I just think I have the sense that there is going to come a time that you, you'd rather, I think I'd rather stop a year earlier than stay a year too long. Yeah. Um, but maybe there are other events uh, that, that we can bring here. I know he covets having the bean pot here, and I keep telling him you're not going to get the bean pot to leave the garden. That's Steve <laughs> Nazro's baby. But they just did do the Great Lakes uh, Invitational right. outside of Comerica, but the same guy owns Comerica Park that owns the Red Wings and Joe Lewis, so that was just shifting it from one of his properties to another, and that would be an entirely different uh, uh, dynamic with the bean pot. All right, thanks, Joe. Before I let you go, i got to ask you, I mean, my sense is that it, it's it's most difficult on the bench, uh, maybe for the backup goalies, right? The guys oh. that aren't getting out on the ice and that somehow they're not moving around, they got to stay warm. You, you, and, and that's okay if they don't get called in. But if <laughs> some, if one of the starters goes down, and the talk guy about is, coming in cold, exactly. <laughs> you know, and the first year we had heated benches because we inherited the NHL's benches from the Winter Classic. It's, it's a I guess it's a pretty good expense item, so they didn't do it last year. And they didn't do it this year, but yeah, that is the one guy. That well, they've, got, they've definitely got hoses piped in there. It looked like they might have some, some heat oh, okay. pipe being piped. I was told that they. Weren't going to do that, but you're right. The, the 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 goalie at the end with the stocking cap over his helmet, <laughs> if he has to come in, and and I work with St. Sebastian School's goalies, and they play here um, next Wednesday, and I was hoping that the head coach Sean McCann, who used to play at Harvard, mm-hmm. would play both goalies, so they both ha- can say they played in this. Yeah. Uh, but we were talking about how do you bring a guy off the bench to play cold? I said, well, I play one the first period, one the last two periods, and give him a little time in between. But I don't know if I've sold him on that uh, on that argument. <laughs> well, Joe, thanks for taking the time to join us. We appreciate it. Good to see you here. Another great event at Fenway. We'll Always talk to you again enjoy, soon. Always enjoy being with you guys and appreciate what you bring to the to the game. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Joe. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Joe Bertani has been our guest, the Commissioner of Hockey East, here in the first intermission. Our score, Merrimack nothing, Providence nothing. John and I will be back right after this. You're listening to live coverage of Merrimack Hockey.